Hey, before we get into today's episode, we wanted to tell you about a dope virtual event happening on Saturday, October 10th. Drunk Black History is an interactive comedy show where black historical figures finally get their due through drunken antidotes from various guests. Hosted by comedians Brandon Collins and Gordon Baker Bone and featured in the New York Times, this horror-themed edition of Drunk Black History includes special prizes for audience members with the best Halloween costumes. Experience Drunk Black History via Zoom on Saturday, October 10th at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. RSVP today. Tickets are $10 in advance, so get those tickets now, and $15 the day of. You can purchase them at their Linktree website. That's Linktree backslash Drunk Black History. That's Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E backslash Drunk Black History. We'll put the link in the show notes. Get your tickets now. This week on Tea with Queen and Jay, should we still use the term white supremacy or is it overdone, overused, and affirming all the wrong things? Also, what we're watching, including Black queer narratives in our collective Black history and catering to white fragility on the timeline. It's Tea with Queen and Jay, people. Drink up. Tea with Queen and Jay. Tea with Queen and Jay. We out here. And we're black. We out here. We are out here, yo. We took a little bit of a break, even though y'all heard from us last week, finally. <laughs> we took a little bit of an impromptu, accidental kind of break. Word, word. But much needed, mm-hmm. much needed, yes. much needed. Jay actually rested, y'all. I did. I did rest. She rested, y'all. I did rest. Yeah, it felt really, really good. It <laughs> felt really good. It was an accidental rest. I don't know how to rest unless it's an accident. You don't. You really don't. So, But anyway, I fucking rested. How you doing? I'm doing great. I am doing great. Feeling really optimistic lately. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. I love it. That's how I'm feeling. How are you doing? I am doing really, really well. I had a really challenging week mental health wise Mm -mm. but i am seeing the difference in like at this stage of my life i can recognize when i'm triggered when i am experiencing trauma and all that stuff because before i think i was in a constant state of fear trauma yeah being in a position where people could trigger me uh, or had okay. access to me to trigger me in certain ways. And it was nice. It was refreshing to be like, yo, I feel absolutely not okay mm-hmm. right now. And, yeah. and this feeling is familiar, but it's not frequent. And so like being able to be okay. like, oh, this is that thing that I used to feel all, all the, the time. time. Right. Got but now it. I just it's just happening today. I did feel like, OK, I feel pretty debilitated today, but <laughs> it's a this is a momentary thing. Uh-huh. I know it's going to pass. I uh-huh. know what happened. Yeah. So that that even though I felt really low in that moment for that period, I felt peace and I felt comfort in knowing that this is a temporary momentary thing. And all I have to do is that's like, good. get, through, get it. through it. Right. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that. So Mm -hmm. I'm feeling good. And then once I got through it, I did. I had like a few really, really good days. I reached out because I have teletherapy or whatever. I use the text feature, which Uh I never do. I was like, I guess this is what. Texting is is for friends. Right? right i'm like i am having a an emergency so i guess i when even when i was like texting it felt unsure i was like i am having a 
problem? Problem? <laughs> I don't know how to happening? Yeah, I don't know how to navigate oh, these feelings. So yeah, so my therapist got back to me that evening and that was helpful. She did say things that made me like process it in a way that I wouldn't have. It was really <laughs> one of her messages was like, "Don't think about it." <laughs> I was like, "Wait, what?" I can just just not think about it. Don't what? So so that was cool. So yeah, so I'm feeling better, yo, and I'm thankful for this current stage of my life after having had some therapy and separating myself from toxic people Uh and things and shit like that. So yeah, it was it was nice that I had this dark period, but I knew while I was sitting in it that it was some temporary. There was light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. But you gotta know you're in a tunnel. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that it has a, it has a, and it's, it's a tunnel. It's not like you're not in a basement or whatever. I don't know why I'm fucking with this <laughs> metaphor. But anyway, welcome, welcome to, to Tea with, with Queen and Jay. We are two womanist race nerds talking shit over tea, dismantling white supremacist, patriarchal capitalism, one episode at a time. I'm Queen. I'm Jay. And this is Tea with Queen and Jay. And... If you would like to follow the conversation being had on this here podcast, podcast, you can do so by using our hashtag, hashtag T with QJ. We love when you use that on all the social meds. We also like when you use the hashtag pod and it allows other people on the hashtag to know that you are listening to T with Queen and Jay. We also want you to follow us on the social media. You use the hashtag on the social media and you follow us on the social media. We are on Instagram and Twitter at T with QJ. We are also on Tumblr and Facebook. Yep. Tumblr and Facebook still exist and we're there. That's so you right. can search for us there and follow us there. We also, also love when you send us T-mail. You can send us T-mail at T with Queen and J at gmail.com. Any questions, comments? Silly things, serious things. We do love when you send us T-mail. So please continue doing that. That's right. Every episode, we pour libations for the people, places, and things that are giving us black ass, black joy. These are our shout outs. These are our fucking pour one out for the ancestors. These are our, this song's dedicated to the homies. These are our libations. Queen, who are you pouring libations for this week? So I'm pouring libations for routines and rituals because I just like those. But specifically because right now I am beginning. This is the first inaugural week of my furlough from work. Yes. Yes. I'm so excited um, about your furlough. She's mad excited. I told her that it was happening like weeks ago. I am so excited about it, yo. More time for activities. Thank Um, you. So much space for activities. I'm not excited, but I'm not mm-hmm. mad. Like, it's like, right. oh, okay, it's here. All right, cool. Let's do yes. this. That's how I feel yes. about it. I guess neutral, but optimistically neutral. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if that gels together, but that's how I feel. It does. It makes sense. I am so, excited. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to front. I think if you were sad, I would not be excited. But you are good, and that allows me to be full-fledged so, yeah, excited. And then, and then you know that I'm good. You, we've been... Yeah. Like, like yeah so i get it you're fucking fine and when i need to text you i don't have to worry about you being in a fucking meeting (laughs) i can text you and uh, like (laughs) (laughs) so that is happening i'm on furlough from work because trump well we won't get into all of that but anyway Mm -hmm. right so one thing that jobs do provide for us that a lot of us whether we want to admit it or not is that it does help us like build around it as far as like rituals and routines and shit like that so i know that when i don't have that i freak out 
Like right. I need to have some type of structure, routine, or ritual for my day. And I mm. didn't want to like lose that. So because I was, because I already knew it was happening and I knew the date, I started making the plans for like what my day to day would look like, what I do on what days, what my mornings look like, creating routines, create, I, mean, I created a bedtime routine. I didn't even have one for when it was like going mm-hmm. to work, but it was like, mm-hmm. let me like over create routines. They all don't have right. to stick. None These of them are all the things stick. that I knew you were going to do, yo. Cause you know me. <laughs> I know you. I know you. I was like, I'm fantasizing about your time off. Meaning, meanwhile, I've had all the time off to do all of these things, and I have not, and I won't. Right? Oh, but God. you're living the organized life that, in my head, the future, I'm gonna live that way. But I actually will not, because I'm not that person. But I love this. I love what you're doing. We've got more space and room for activities. It's fucking lit, yo. That's what I'm excited about. I'm excited about having more control of my own time. Yeah. But yeah, so I started making those things because I noticed that when I don't have that, like generally when people like lose something that they can't control, you also Mm. feel like a loss of agency in that space. Mm. So I want to make sure that I still have a sense of agency. So that's why I'm like making sure I make routines and controlling the things I can't control and making sure my plants are still alive and feeding my Mm -hmm. cat stuff you know stuff that makes me feel like okay i am doing something that is like adding to the world i don't know whatever Mm -hmm. so yeah i just want to pull libations for routines and rituals because it's just going to like signal to my brain that you know you still got this you got this you got mad stuff to do actually (laughs) aside from all of your rituals you actually have mad mad work to do that's like your own work yes you're like shit you're good but yeah, I plan I plan so much because I'm like that, but I, I'm not a person. I can make a lot of plans. It doesn't mean that they have to happen. And I think that's okay. Right. Yeah, that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. I already know that I work a four-day work week. Like, I probably <laughs> yeah. These are my days off. I don't do anything on these days. Like, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've been having fun doing that. So that's my locations. Right. Which are your days off? So I know not rules. to, those are, those are off days. Thursdays through Saturday. Okay, and that's not bad. That's Sunday fair. through Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that's how. It's. That's good. We yeah. on the same schedule except mine is every day, but I work. <laughs> I work every day. Cause but you don't know how to sit your ass down. I don't. I don't. I don't. But the days I pretend I'm off are Friday through. I pretend to be off Friday through Friday and Saturday. But yeah, I, I am decided, not. That's what I thought, and I was like, "No, it's this is yeah. my time. I work a four day work week because I said that I do. So then yeah. I have Thursday." Of so, course. Yeah, so. I, I love it. I think that that's that is perfect. But I don't even bother to say I'm off Thursday through fucking Saturday because I don't know how to be off Friday and Saturday. <laughs> I don't know really how not to work. I have to remind myself when I think I'd be like, oh, I got 20 minutes. I could do this whole social media project that I've been dreaming about doing. I'm like, no, you are off today like you don't do that today. Don't You've been saying it. you was going to wash your hair for the entire month. Fucking wash it. I don't really, I don't know what my problem is. I, I, I blame my parents, but um. Yeah, that's who. That's what we blame all these things on. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I I want ritual and I want ritual and routine so much because my parents didn't really provide them. Like I didn't even have a bedtime Mm -hmm. as a kid. It was just like go to bed when you tired. So I think that's why I, I like. I'm attracted to that in that way. Yeah. And you probably had too much and you were like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be working, producing, <laughs> take on mad activities so that you could get your scholarship so they could be like, wow, what a fucking busy urban youth. We got to get this. <laughs> Somebody give this urban youth money because she don't have not one second in her day to chill and hang out with her friends. Not at all. Because her friends are probably trash anyway. Fucking urban youth. 
full of her day. Oh my gosh. Full of her schedule with everything. She should be tutoring. She should be mediating. She should be studying. She needs to go to an after school science program, even though she hates science. Yeah. That was a lot. That was a lot. Oh gosh. That's anyway, Subject. I like that libation. Thank you. Yes. Oh, I was going to mm-hmm. ask you what your libation was, but you were saying Thank you. that you like yes. mine, so I would relish in that. I love them. So my libations, first I want to pour libations for everybody who checked out our review of I May Destroy You. That was the review that we dropped last week. Thank you all for checking that shit out. We appreciate you coming on that journey with us. We know that it is sensitive content and challenging. For anybody who doesn't know, I May Destroy You is the HBO series by... The icon, talented, comedic, awesome Michaela Cole. So check that out. We'll put the link to that in the show notes. I also want to support libations for the homie Akua. Yes. Our mental health counselor homie from Inner Ho Uprising podcast who was there for added support and information and education. Did and so, well. so we definitely appreciated that. Yeah, we we appreciate that shit. Yo, cheers to all the fucking black counselors and therapists out here who got their own black counselor and therapist it's because you got to, yo. It's real in these streets. It's so very fucking real. real in these streets. It is very real. I asked my therapist, I was like, do you have a black auntie therapist? <laughs> who who are you talking to? So she gave me the whole list of like her support system or whatever. Oh, okay, so I was like, that's all right. Cool. I'm comfortable with this. We can continue then because <laughs> it's a lot. So yeah, I don't so libation. You supporting me if you don't get Hello. support. Yeah. Hello. That's real. So yeah, so libations to Akua, libations to all the black therapists out there and counselors and mental health professionals. We appreciate y'all. My second libation mm-hmm. during this season of uh quarantino fucking political shenanigans, general black ass stress and existing in mm-hmm. this world. Um, I want to pour libations for sex, cuddles, and healing. I think that sex, cuddles, and touch are fun, period. And they can be like therapeutic in some ways and like just a fucking good time, like in the best case scenarios and shit. So I want to pour libations for that. But also what I am learning Is that if you are engaging with somebody who also acknowledges like the healing power of fucking touch, (laughs) hugs, sex. And why are you laughing? I'm not telling you anything anymore. a secret story that I'm not going to say, but I was kidding. Anyway, anyhow. (laughs) No, but if if you're connecting with somebody, if you're hanging out with somebody who also acknowledges that that is a thing and that your time together, your touching of each other, your hugs your um sex if you're engaging in sex your sensuality and that that experience can be a healing one if your partner or partners are also like comfortable with that shit and like Mm -hmm. on that same wave yeah y'all could fucking have a fucking healing ass black ass good time okay I'm so, all for it. I am yeah. all for it. I'm happy that you are getting that. You deserve I am thankful. That. I'm thankful for it. I did not mean to come on the podcast and, because you and have say sex with men, I'm getting it, but it does not well, happen a lot. Hello. So I'm happy that Speak right the now truth. this Tell is what's happening because you're very hard to do this when you're having sex with cis men. Um, it's a challenge. They don't have the tools. They don't have the tools. Just because you tools have the penis. Does not mean you have the tools, okay? Cis men that are listening. Cis men, I'm talking to y'all. 
but yeah. Bada bing. So yeah, so I'm definitely thankful for that. I didn't really intend on saying, hey guys, I'm fucking. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I do want to pour libations. I, hey, I do want to pour libations for sex, cuddles, and a little bit of fucking healing and touch therapy and sensual therapy through that shit, yo. I am thankful for it. So I'm fucking. That's all right. Great. I just want to so. say really quick. To my niece who listens, she got annoyed because I talk about sex so much. It oh. wasn't me this time. It was Jay. Okay. <laughs> That's it. She doesn't get annoyed. She's just like, I always skip yeah. that part. Can you tell me the timestamps? Are <laughs> 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 you going to talk about sex? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So I'm thankful for that. I want to pour libations for that. I wish that for everyone who wants to have that experience. I affirm that for you if that's something that you want. And mm-hmm. I encourage you to affirm that for yourself verbally. And I affirm if you feel like that's out of reach for you, if you are comfortable with engaging in sex with yourself and being sensual with yourself, yeah. do that shit too. That That is important. You are a person who can heal through experiences with yourself if you're comfortable with that shit. So libations, yo. I like that. I like that a lot. That's a great libation. Thank you. I'm thankful for it, yo. I feel... Happy to have it. Happy to experience it. Happy to be there. Happy to be in the building. <laughs> Yo, it's Rona season and touch is scarce, okay? As a single person, touch is scarce out here. So I definitely appreciate it when it's around. So this is the part of the episode where we let you know how you can support Tea with Queen and J podcast. But before we do that, we want to remind everybody that people, protesters, activists, movement makers and shakers are still in the streets and making moves for black life, for equal personhood, for fucking to end motherfucking police brutality, to end all forms of white supremacy in our lives and shit so we want to make sure that we are supporting those who are on the ground we want to make sure we are supporting those who are doing the work in our show notes there is a link to an article with a list of different organizations initiatives bailout funds petition lists that you can contribute to either financially or you can find ways to contribute your time it's broken down by state So you can see what's happening in your state or what's happening in a state that you have some kind of concern for. Or if you're a big baller, you see what's popping in every state. (laughs) Contribute to that. Right. Um, But we put that there so that you can cross check and see if you are being active, if there is a way that you can become active if you are not right now. Mm -hmm. And once you have done that, you can find a way to contribute to Tea with Queen and J podcast if you are not already. Queen, how can our listeners contribute to... Keeping Tea with Queen and Jay podcast going. You can go to our website, teawithqueenandjay.com, slide down on our homepage, and there is where we have two options. Two. Our first option is our PayPal option, and that is when you could put however much you want, however many times you want in that pot. No commitment there. And our second option is our Patreon option. And that is where we're asking for just $2 a month. $2. You can give more or less. That is up to you, but we are only asking for two. We also appreciate non-monetary support, and you can do that by liking this podcast on whatever app that you listen to this podcast on, sharing this podcast on social media, telling a friend about this podcast, rating and reviewing this podcast. Yo, where are the reviews? 
Okay, oh, we try oh. not to be demanding, but I have been looking. I know you all are listening. I know lots of you are on Apple Podcasts, and it's been a little minute without the reviews. And so I want to know what you're thinking. Are you even have listening you anymore? Who are we talking to? Yeah, I've looked. Have you looked anywhere else? Just Apple Podcasts? Oh, yeah, just Apple Podcasts. I'm oh, sure okay, there are okay. people. Yeah, I'm talking to the Apple Podcast people. I'm sure there are people reviewing us elsewhere because that's what y'all do, right? So mm-hmm. I'm sure. I mean, I just know if I were to take a look at uh, Spreaker or Stitcher or wherever, that uh-huh. there would be a plethora of reviews. I just haven't been there yet. Mm-hmm. That's y'all's hint that if you've been listening and not reviewing, you can go there now and review <laughs> so that when I check it, your reviews will be there. But yeah, yo, hit us up with a review. It's been a little minute and I know that y'all are listening and appreciating. We really need those reviews so that people know that you fuck with us, that like we are actual current podcast that people are listening to and enjoying. Engaging with in real time. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. So yeah, all of that helps us grow. All of that helps make this podcast become bigger and better and all of that shit. So please do those things. You donate monetarily or donate non-monetarily. We appreciate all all of the support that's right if you would like to sponsor tea with queen and jay podcast if you'd like to advertise with us if you'd like to hear your ad on tea with queen and jay email us at tea with queen and jay at gmail.com if you would like to hire us to speak at your school or organization about white supremacist patriarchal capitalism dismantling white supremacy in the workplace or your organization if you want us to talk about womanism yeah. black feminism black hair or some shit you've heard us discuss on the podcast Or if you'd like us to do a virtual live show or consult you or your team, send us your T-mail at teawithqueenandjay at gmail.com. Dot com. That's right. Queen, you have donation libations for us? Yeah, so we got a few donation libations. We got a new PayPal donation from Chris. Thank you, Chris. And we also got some new patrons. Thank you to Sandy, Katie, Chimmy, Shaniqua, Kai, Jennifer, Kelly, and Kim, who upped their pledge. We thank you, appreciate you from the bottom of our hearts. That's right. And we have bonus content in our Patreon. So if you are a Patreon subscriber, we have three bonus episodes there so far for your listening pleasure. So if you are a subscriber, you can check those out out yes libations too i'm sorry i can't remember your name but one of our patreon people hit us up like hey the rss feed link is not sending or something from you saying that you helped us fix that right away so appreciate you libations thank you you. that you're a real one for that definitely a real one are you ready to get into the motherfucking show yes let's get into the motherfucking show I mean, no place, child. Okay, Jay, what kind of tea are you drinking? Ooh, I re-upped on my jasmine green, so I'm back on my bullshit. I got my jasmine green. Just just jasmine green. There's nothing extra in there today. No elixirs? uh, No no elixir, just pure pure tea. No potions? No potions? Okay, all right. That's it. What are you drinking? I am drinking chamomile tea. Cozy chamomile tea. Hmm. And what are your pronouns? She, her. What are your pronouns? She, her, they, them. And separate from my pronouns, I am not a lady. Thank mm-hmm. you so much. What are you affirming for yourself this week? I am affirming that I am a bad bitch. I'm affirming that I am enough. 
I'm affirming that I will be self-employed and financially wealthy without trauma. I mm. also affirm that I am well-rested. My hair and fashions are popping. Poppin'. My body and mind are healthy and that I will healthy. always and forever stunt on these. So I've been stunting lately. Like, I've been yeah. stunting. I've been like, stunting lately. I've been stunting a lot. It's because I go outside once a week. So it's like, you got to stunt. Like, mm-hmm. you know. I also affirm that I will say yes only to the activities that are healthy for my mind, body, and emotional well-being. I will courageously protect my happiness. I also affirmed a continued safe and healthy reopening of New York City and all cities and towns and places or whatever the fuck you call places that people live all over the world. Mm-hmm. I affirm that for, for everyone, this is a lot. And that affirmation just needs to be said every fucking Back week. To. I also affirm every fucking week, I affirm that we will still have a fruitful and abundant 2020. Abundles, abundles, abundles are still for everyone. Remember, abundance does not always mean money or whatever. Abundance can mean a lot of whatever you actually need. So just Mm -hmm. think about that in that way. So I want to affirm that for everyone who has any kind of contact with this podcast. I affirm that you still get abundles in 2020. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. I like your affirmations. And I want to affirm that you are self employed and financially wealthy without trauma. Yeah, yeah. I want to affirm oh, yeah. that mm-hmm. you are. I want to affirm that. Thank you, friend. I ain't want it to be. <laughs> You're welcome. What are you affirming for yourself? I mm-hmm. affirm a long life, a long life full of abundance, health, wealth, sustainable, rewarding, and financially beneficial self employment. I affirm that I am enough. My apartment is paid for. My rent is paid. I am productive. Opportunities are fruitful and bountiful without trauma. I affirm being able to organize my schedule and my day and get things done free from fear of not doing enough or fear of disappointing anyone. Mm -hmm. I affirm productive therapy. I affirm healthy romantic relationships and trauma-free living. (laughs) I affirm liberation and power to all the people. But these affirmations, these like, affirmations, we're just going to, yeah, like. We cannot be stopped. Unfucking stoppable We're like, unstoppable, okay? They are. Our titties are heavy. They are heavy. We're getting they things heavy done. Regardless. They are. They're heavy, right? <laughs> Both of our titties are <laughs> heavy regardless. I'm sorry. I was, I was trying to, like, turn that potential discomfort well, we into had a sensation of power. Bras. We've, we've learned life That's without right. bras. We've learned life without bras. I actually have purchased, um, because I like to be cute and mm-hmm. matching now. That's one of my things now. Oh, you were, you were, you were a set wave. bitch. You wearing sets and shit. I'm a set bitch all of a sudden. But this is like a new phase <laughs> in my life. I have never been a set bitch at all. Now that I can get like a cute, mm-hmm. like cotton feeling set. That's yes. not like a bra constraint. Like something mm-hmm. that feels like a cozy pajama yep. top kind of situation. Now I'm a set bitch, but it, it really comes from me being adorable <laughs> in bathing suits all summer. And I'm like, this wait a extend. minute, I can take this, this and wear things like this <laughs> under my clothes. I can wear, wait, hold, hold on <gasps> one second. I can wear bottoms and undergarment tops <laughs> that match all season long oh, with the same body that was cute this summer. I just, <laughs> listen. I am out cuting oh, myself funny. under that my clothes. Funny. Okay? I don't know how we yes. got here. Oh, we're talking about heavy titties. So, yeah. 
I do be wearing a matchy matchy bra, but only certain instances. And it's like a cotton like top situation. It's not like about my titties because I don't no, yeah, I not brawing right. it up. I'm, it's not what we're doing. I have freed myself. I found mad bra alternatives. Fuck that. Fuck that. My yes. mother was shocked. She was like, what kind of yes. bras are you wearing now? Yes. I'm like, oh, I'm wearing these things. It's not bras. It's just like these tank tops with like reinforcements. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. She was like, you're not wearing a bra? And I'm like, look, I look fine. She's like, oh, yeah, you do. So yeah. I think I might have converted her. Out here. I might have converted Liberation. her. Liberation. I don't know. Liberation. But yeah. Yes. yes. Beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. So, tea talk. If y'all remember oh, a few episodes ago, we uh, lost a whole episode. A whole fucking episode. Yeah. A whole fucking episode. So I this conversation. that we will not lose this episode. Never again. Yeah. That's right. Never happen again. Everybody check, make sure we're still recording. You know, I know. I looked at my. I'm like, oh, okay, recording. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else. I'm like, still okay, up. still going. Still, uh, still okay. Still I'm going. Right yes. Hey, okay, all right. Okay, still in good. this. Still in this. Yeah. So this conversation was one that we had in the lost episode, and we wanted to make sure it was still important to us. So we wanted to make sure that we went ahead and did that shit again. So here we are. We're talking about it. It stemmed from a question that we got a while back. So we have noticed this conversation um, happening on social media. So we wanted to make sure that we definitely revisited this, especially since y'all never heard us talk about it because it's in the lost fucking episode. So <laughs> lost tapes. T with Green and J lost tapes. So this is not actually a revisit for y'all. This is fresh <laughs> new stuff. But it is it is a conversation that has been happening on social media. So we definitely wanted to yeah, weigh in on it. Yes. Okay, so let's get into this letter. From the homie Evian of Sexually Liberated Woman Podcast. You can find that everywhere your favorite podcasts are played. And Evian is also a baddie on social media. Do you remember Evian's handle on Instagram? I think it's her name, Evian Whitney. But I could be wrong because I don't remember things correctly. All right, we'll leave it in the show notes. Evian is a big deal. So here we go. Evian says, first off, big love and gratitude to you for your beautiful Juneteenth digital kickback. For the longest, I've been wanting to come to one of your in-real-life celebrations. I tell myself every year that I miss it that I'll be coming next year, and this was such a treat for me. I was having a royally shitty week leading up to the event, and I almost didn't go because my mood was foul. But I'm so glad I popped in and was able to dance, laugh, learn, and be a part of that community y'all created. It was literal medicine, and I'm grateful for you both for your labor in creating that space for me and everyone else. Thank you. Thank you, Evian. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, so that, that for anybody. We did that for you. That's right. For anybody who doesn't know, we had a virtual Juneteenth celebration back in June. It was a fucking blast. We usually have a Juneteenth celebration in real life in New York. But since we are not gathering due to that Rona, we had a unique opportunity to make sure that we were able to include folks from around the fucking world, yo. So it was it was really dope to be able to gather yo, virtually. That was our in first international event yeah it was fucking lit yo so thanks again to everybody who participated and joined us for that okay back to the t-mail evian says as for the t-mail i've been thinking a lot about language during this time and the words that we use to speak about the racist systems of oppression that we're trying to dismantle and all of that was spurred by something i watched on ig that my homegirl sent me it was from a black person who goes by eats spiritual chocolate 
Um, just a heads up. This is Janicia speaking. This person has changed their handle since then. I'm not going to share the updated one because I feel like sometimes people change their handle because they don't want to fuck with the last handle. Or maybe they're trying to like start fresh in some yeah, way. Yeah, like or some so, anonymity. Right. So I'm not going to share the updated handle, but I believe we can have this conversation without that mm-hmm. information. So they were talking about why they're choosing to use the term white narcissism in place of white supremacy. This totally shook me, and it's made me think harder about how not only do words have meaning, but they hold a lot of power, and I've been questioning whether or not it's productive or healthy to continue referring to white supremacy as white supremacy for a few reasons. One, I believe that the words we speak can be spells that we cast, and for me to continue to speak white supremacy, I am indirectly affirming and invoking that whites are supreme, which is not my ministry. Two, I have been digging deep into narcissistic behavior lately, and I see a lot of similarities between how narcissists operate and how white supremacy operates. I've also been wondering if people have become desensitized to white supremacy and if it's time to change things up to breathe new life into what this struggle is and how exactly it affects us, particularly as we step into a new phase of resistance. Because I know there are a lot of people who don't, quote unquote, get white supremacy, eye roll, as a concept. Um, that was Evian's eye roll, not mine. And and also mine. As a concept. Say, was it just hers? <laughs> no, no, it was mine as well. But it is mm-hmm. written here. Eye roll is written in. Either because it's too broad or because it doesn't match the idea they have of it in their heads, but they can understand narcissism because they themselves have experience with those types of behaviors. I don't know, just wondering what y'all think about this and whether divesting from that kind of language makes sense slash resonates. Would love to hear you go off about this. Y'all are brilliant and the work you do is important. Thanks for taking the time to read this message. Love, Evian. P.S. I had another friend of mine who feels similarly as I do tell me that she's choosing to say, quote unquote, white psychosis in place of white supremacy, which I also love as a reframe. Okay. Thank you so much, Evian, for sending us this thoughtful letter and this information. We appreciate it. We have seen a lot of people talking about the shift in language. Mm -hmm. So this is not brand new or completely unique to what you've sent us here. So that's another reason why we think this is like super important to address. Okay. So queen what do you think about this so i have a few things first i want to say thank you for saying we're brilliant because thank you right but okay so Mm -hmm. i have a few things i had a few feelings while reading this letter so first i want to start with saying that both things can be true so yes white supremacy yes that exist as well as white psychosis and all these other reframing words that you use those things white narcissism thank Mm -hmm. you white narcissism they all can exist at the same time, it's not void. White psychosis does exist. White narcissism does exist. Yes. So I think that what is different and what needs to be highlighted is that I feel like the terms white narcissism and white psychosis seem to be more aligned with your self-care as a black person dealing with these systems and how you want to talk about these things speak about these things maybe not speak whatever into existence maybe not if you Mm -hmm. think those words hold power in that way on a personal level to yourself i think it's okay it's i don't think it's harmful to say those things but when it comes on a community level when it comes to a community care level i think that when you reframe those words and change those words you take away what it actually is and how are Mm -hmm. you helping the community how are you 
talking to the community or or talking to the masses about this system that you're either trying to dismantle, trying to get rid of and all of this stuff. I think that it is important. It's highly important that when you are talking to the collective that you use what it actually is because that's what it is. And we got to be real with each other about what it is and what we're going through and what the fuck it is. So, like, I think on a personal level, it's not harmful to be, like, white narcissism if that makes you feel more comfortable. I'll get more into, like, the comfort thing. But I've, uh, I don't. that's something I would never use. Yeah. I would never say white narcissism or white psychosis ever. Right. Yeah. I want to touch on, because what you said about, like, calling it what it is, I think that's something that I picked up. Because, I actually, I watched that video... The video that Evian sent of the person talking about why they're choosing to call it Mm -hmm. white narcissism and why that's like what it actually is or whatever. So I watched it. The first time I watched it, I didn't catch everything. I caught the person kind of talking about how they feel like it's extremism. And we'll talk about that more, like you said, in terms of like comfort Mm -hmm. and all those things. But something else that this person said that made it clear that we have a different understanding of what's happening, right? And so what they were saying is that white supremacy doesn't particularly target exactly what is happening and is kind of an oversimplification and exaggeration of what is happening. And that's the piece of it that I kind of have, kind of had a visceral reaction to. Mm -hmm. And that's another reason why I'm like choosing not to necessarily share this because I don't want, I didn't feel positive about the video and Mm -hmm. I don't want, other people to like our goal is not to like attack anybody or whatever so especially not another black um, person yeah yeah and i I think that also like while i'm going to quote some of the things that this person said because they shared it like like it was something that they felt like was important and Mm -hmm. needs to be shared um i also know we have a podcast where we're constantly talking and there are several things that if you quoted the exact words that i said that's not even what the fuck i really meant you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so i am gonna quote this person for the purposes of this conversation but i also want to acknowledge that i understand that not sometimes the exact quotes of what we fucking said is not is not the message that we were yeah, trying to that's send that's not how it was you know supposed what I'm to saying? hit that's not how it's supposed to hit right yeah. right right so one of the things that this person kind of kept going back to was like what is actually happening and it kind of felt like they were trying to say what's actually happening is not white supremacy so when you say what it is and what it actually is yeah is white supremacy this person basically is saying that it's not. And I got the impression that they were saying that. The, and this is this is a, a, a theme that that I have seen when people discuss the use or what is being called by some thinkers, the, the overuse now in this era of the term white supremacy. And I also want to add that when I have seen people talk about this, it is also a lot of white people, yeah. a lot of quote unquote unquote liberal white folks who are bothered by the increased use of the term white supremacy. Specifically, uh, I know there are people who have feelings about the way that ta Coates uses the term white supremacy. It's the way that we use it because that's what the fuck it is. We acknowledge yeah, exactly it. What it we is. know it as white supremacy regardless to how violent the action was, you know what I'm saying, that came from the white supremacy regardless to how overt or covert or whatever the fuck it is yeah. that, that we're addressing in that moment. It came from white supremacy it whatever it was that happened was a white supremacist thing and i feel like when we try to in the particular video that we were sent this person keeps referencing the term as if we're using it as a blanket statement that really should be used to define specific acts of like 
overt racism, overt acts of violence and, and shit like, like that nah. when we really need to acknowledge that all of this shit comes from white supremacy yeah. and a part of why we are we have been able in this um current season of unrest, we have been able to not only point at, point out the fact that black folks should not we shouldn't it should not be okay to just fucking kill us, right? That should just not be okay to fucking kill us, yeah. not be punished for it and that just be a normal thing. While we have been able to point that out as overt motherfucking white supremacy even though people still try to deny that that's what it is or whatever while we have been able to do that in this season we have also because of the tie of white supremacy and the stem and being able to trace where all this comes from people across industry have been able to say you know what it's not just that you're killing us in the street but you're fucking with us at work you're fucking with us at these different companies Mm -hmm. you're fucking with us in your media like and all of that ties back to white supremacy and I think the terms white narcissism white psychosis are symptoms of white white supremacy supremacy. yeah you know but i I did want to touch on what you said about what's actually happening because i think that it within this conversation there is a fundamental disagreement about what is actually happening and Mm -hmm. what even is white supremacy and i think that real talk i think that this conversation is white supremacists and and that will come up more when when you talk about comfort and things like that yeah Yeah, i have a lot to say about that yeah so that's why that's language i would I would not use because that's not what it is. Like to tag on to what Jay said, like this stuff, white narcissism, white psychosis is residual stuff that comes out of white supremacy. We would not have Mm -hmm. white narcissism or white psychosis if white supremacy as the system did not exist first. Right. Those things will not happen. Those things do not exist. So there's that piece. And then there's also, I think it is, it makes no sense to ask people who are simply pointing out a system that exists that they didn't even create to change their wording for it. This is not, this is not our responsibility. We do not create white supremacy. So it's not Mm -hmm. our job to dismantle it. Um, we say this all the time. It is not our job to fully dismantle these systems because we not, we did right. not create them. It's also not our job to fully dismantle these systems spiritually either. I should not mm-hmm. have to make sure that I don't affirm white supremacy exists in the ways of which you express in this letter because that I didn't do this. And it's not my job to fully dismantle it spi- spiritually either. That's not what I'm supposed to do. That's not our job right. as black people or any other marginalized person under this white supremacist system. Why, mm-hmm. why is that my duty to use my spirituality now to dismantle a system that I didn't even build or create? or any, Like, why is that on me? I don't understand, like, why, as far as talking to the spirituality, please. Why is that right. something else now I have to do? Like, I'm using spirituality to keep me alive mm-hmm. and keep me thriving and keep me optimistic and all of yeah. this stuff. But now I have to use my spirituality to make sure I don't affirm white supremacy exists. That's unfair. Facts. And I think that even if you listen to, like, our personal... And we're just black people using our personal affirmations as an example. But I think across the board there are black folks like who affirm themselves every day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so in our affirmations, even though we're talking about living without trauma, we're talking about uh, having healthy romantic relationships. We're talking about all the things that we are affirming for ourselves as black people. All of that shit counters white supremacy. Yeah. All of that shit. Yeah. You talk about words as casting spells and words, meaning things. And I think it is important to remind ourselves that words mean things. And so I think it is important that we have this conversation about are we using the right word for this thing? So that is important. But I do think that all of the other language that we use is affirming 
white supremacy out of existence, right? Even whether we directly decide we're not going to say white supremacy, we are going to fucking say it. Everything that we do, everything that we affirm for ourselves that is positive for the lives of black people, that is positive in the lives of non-white folks, that is positive in the lives of indigenous folks, everything that those groups, everything that we affirm counters white supremacy yeah it does and then even when people are people who are marginalized and who are trying to actively dismantle white supremacy there's other language around white supremacy that is affirming that it doesn't exist you know what i'm saying like no one just the only person who says white supremacy in an affirming way because they want it to exist are actual white supremacists not people who are trying to dismantle white supremacy so yeah I, describing something describing something is not affirming it and i think that that's really for me the fundamental misunderstanding here in yeah. this is that white supremacy is actually in fact what's happening yes. right and when we start to call it to me when we start to call it white narcissism white psychosis white whatever the other fuck else it makes it this kind of like individualized thing this individualized sickness that individual white people are having and that us as individual black people can talk it out of existence which i think is also a little bit elitist but that we can talk it out of existence Mm -hmm. we can pick ourselves up by our spiritual bootstraps and work our way out of this thing that's happening to us and for me we need to be calling it what it is and this is not something, it's not like everybody was comfortable. And and honestly, the people who I see talking about how over the term white supremacy they are, a lot of those people just got comfortable. They using just started the term saying white it yesterday. Just started saying it. Just started saying it. And then it's like, oh, wait, why, why, <laughs> why have I been I saying this? this for three years? Right. This is new. <laughs> you just started saying it. It's uncomfortable because yeah. it is uncomfortable. We just, as a community, just started openly saying that term. It used to be people like me and all my black friends yep. would be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and we were... Calm down. We were That's like, extreme. Do, we were doing too much. Calm, like, we were, it's not right, that serious. Right, Yeah. yeah. So these mm-hmm. are things that, that that black person in your group that you decided is too black, that back in the fucking 90s and zero zeros or whatever... They called us now, racist. They said we was racist. They, yes. They called they us They called racist. us fucking racist. <laughs> they called us too much. They dismissed us as being over the top. Mm-hmm. and now now it's something now it's a word people who i have said and encouraged no this is white supremacy now as a collective it yeah. has been something that we're more comfortable saying now as a collective it has been been something that white folks and non-black folks and other people who co-conspire with us are comfortable using that language yeah. that they were not using it before mm-hmm. now it is a word that white people who are uncomfortable and afraid and sensitive are are considering and dismantling and pushing back and saying I'm uncomfortable with this when before they didn't have to consider it because we were not as a as a community yeah. engaging the language in that in way, that way. Yep. and so the other piece of this is that when when we talk about like these spiritual bootstraps or whatever we really also have to think about like the source so the video that was sent and the person who talked about this they used a lot of very nice spiritual loving yeah, I have stuff language to say about that. but it was i w- i want to say that i felt like it was white supremacy coated and coded in this kind of spiritual loving supportive language mm-hmm. when it was wild white supremacist when it was wild anti-black at the end of this person's conversation they say we certainly cannot is a quote we certainly cannot ask people to respect our bodies and our lives 
if we cannot do that for ourselves. Okay. First of all, that that to me is such a loaded statement, right? So to me, it was like this person who's on this spiritual journey, this black person on this spiritual journey, it sounded to me like was talking down to all like to the black community as a whole right because as far as i as far as i, I know she told me to pull as with pants. any right <laughs> like as with any pants. other group yes <laughs> a lot of us respect ourselves yes a lot of us don't as with any fucking human respect being respect is not a precursor or a necessary thing needed to be alive Right. You know the collective mean? impression or understanding that black people don't respect themselves, their bodies, that we don't take care of each other, that we don't love each other, that we don't nurture each other, that we don't affirm positivity, that we don't believe in ourselves. That's a white supremacist understanding of yes. who we are yeah, as yep. black people. And depending on what your intersections or what part of the black community yeah. you are part of, yep. there are black people amongst black people who look at other black people like that. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what hit to me. Like, I'm like, you don't even bang with us like that. And you telling me not to call this white supremacy. You don't even believe. It's, and, and when I say you, I'm talking about the person in this in video. video. Yeah. You don't even believe in us as a community. You're looking for different ways that we can be uh, sufficient as a community. Because right now you see a deficiency in us and yeah. who we are. And, and you see that yeah. as a part of a problem in our own oppression. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That is not to say that we don't have loser black people. Because we do. Because there are fucking loser humans. Yeah. There are losers in every group of people. But this this concept that fucking black people are losers and we need to be educated into affirming ourselves and into being these better, more moral, more enlightened motherfuckers, that that to me is like a really faulty and it's, part it's, of this whole it's a, thing. It's elitist because we have been affirming things for ourselves before we had language calling it affirmations. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, this mm-hmm. is shit I've been doing since I was a kid. And then it was before, like, oh. Before it was, right, made to sell back to us. Exactly. Yes, we like, this is, we what I have been, this is what I have been doing my whole life. And then finally mm-hmm. a word fit what the fuck I've been doing. So this is not some new thing that you have to teach us how to do or enlighten us how to do or show us the way of so that was i like that i also am not Mm -hmm. a fan of when people in the i guess the spiritual space only want to focus on like the the positive the peaceful the Mm -hmm. um palatable the safe palatable the safe, safe. Yes. The I'm repeating stuff. those yeah I'm yeah. repeating those because they're electing to say white narcissism white psychosis like because those aren't necessarily positive or peaceful but they are more palatable yes palatable and mm-hmm. I get or nervous relatable. yeah I get nervous when, when, when people try to I guess serve things on better plates or whatever because mm-hmm. it's like you cannot live life without looking at both sides of the coin like there's negativity mm-hmm. just as much as there's positivity and you can't just completely like ignore negativity and blindfully just be like blissfully mm-hmm. affirm this and this and that. I make affirmations for myself every day. I curse motherfuckers out every day too. Like right. those things could exist at one time and it doesn't mean that the negative space in my life negates my whole life. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I, I I really don't like when people do that. And even when it comes to spirituality, they make space for the negative. There is carceral shit in the spiritual space. There is penalty mm-hmm. in the spiritual space. It's not just mm-hmm. all roses and fucking smell goods and fucking yeah. skipping and clouds or whatever the fuck you connect with, like, the, the, the peaceful or the, you know what I'm saying, serene, right? Yeah, yeah the mm-hmm. serene. Like, there is a lot to that because we live in life. And the spiritual realm understands that we live in life. 
Why do you mm-hmm. think that they give you rules and and like do this or this may happen? Like it's not like the universe, God, what the fuck ever you believe knows that bad exists. And it's mm-hmm. not on some like ignore it. It's just like how do you navigate that shit? Yes. These are tools right. to navigate that shit. Right. You don't just completely like just disregard that that exists. And I feel like that's what this person is kind of saying that that like mm-hmm. we should just like just focus on this stuff. And that's mm-hmm. to me very that's a very white way to navigate this stuff. Right. This is mad gaslighting to like say mm-hmm. that I I because I am not saying the right things or affirming the right things that it is my fault that this is the condition that i am i'm in yeah that Mm -hmm. is not how i understand spirituality that's not how i've ever interacted with spirituality that's the piece for me that like sticks out for me Mm -hmm. like but this person think bad don't exist white supremacy still is existing and whatever spiritual like you know i just it's just Mm -hmm. this was weird that disconnect to think that like always say good things always whatever but no, we still live in the world that we live in. And I just don't get how people don't understand that. Especially if you're a spiritual, I feel, if you're a spiritual person, mm-hmm. I think you should have a good understanding and a well-rounded understanding of the world and what people are trying to live in and how people use spirituality to come out of that. Not because it's going to completely lift them up out of that condition because that's not how that works. But it's so you could cope, so you could thrive, so you can still go right. on. So it creates hope. You know, like, it's, it's just that's yeah. the part that was really like, whoa, like, I hate that kind of negative positivity stuff. Whereas, like, you're so focused on the quote and quotations, the positive. Let's make sure we say all the nice things. Let's make sure that we make people feel comfortable. Let's make sure, you know, like, all of that stuff. You're not mm-hmm. really doing real work when you do that. You can't, right. You're not. You, like, you're just, you're not. Yeah. You're not. Yeah. So, in the video, this person talks about how the term white supremacy the quote here from mm-hmm. the video a term that people started using for very specific reasons to talk about extremism right mm. and extremism of what homie mm-hmm. of white supremacy yeah okay yeah it's white it's white fucking yeah. supremacy and i think Stop that that's the other thing it. is that all of that shit yeah all of that shit is extreme microaggressions at work that stem from white supremacy, they are extreme. And so to try and tell me that I should not refer to something as white supremacy because I wasn't lynched fucking at the job, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that we would call that a lynching. But it happened because of white supremacy. And call this a microaggression. And it happened because of white supremacy. And if we don't tie in, the fact that we're able to tie in all of these things is why what popped off in June and kind of this, the most recent uprising was able to happen across the board because we have the connective tissue of white supremacy. That's what it is. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And yes, there is narcissism to it. There is fucking psychosis to it. It's fucking bananas. Okay. But it is white supremacy. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And yes, being somebody who names it is not someone who is affirming it. None of us think that white people are fucking supreme, but they're acting out of pocket because of a system of white supremacy. And I really do think that when we try and switch that word or dilute it, it does take away from acknowledging the fact that it's a system and not this individualistic thing. I also want to add that this is something that a certain group of white liberals 
have been arguing that when we use that language, it alienates people that we would. This is a quote from um, somebody, some white person who feels this way, some white thinker or whatever. <laughs> but it alienates the people that we should be convincing, right, mm-hmm. that these systems exist. Yeah. So the problem to that, the problem with that as a black person is that how many different ways do I need to say that this thing exists for me to convince somebody of my humanity and of my like equal personhood. Like I am no longer trying to convince you that I am experiencing racism. This current wave of civil unrest back in late May and June, when white people were having this like sea of white guilt, right? We saw it in ways that we had never seen it before. And it's not Mm -hmm. because we changed the language It's because we were in the fucking house House. in this historical event, in this historical fucking COVID-19 era, in this historical motherfuckers are slowed down. Lots of people are at home. We're in this period. And so they were able to see things differently. It's not because we changed the fucking language. Has nothing to do with that shit. There are things that happen in the culture that shift and make certain people see things in ways they hadn't seen them before. There are historical events that happen that mm-hmm. are turning points in the way that people yeah. see things. But I, I, I do not believe that me switching my language no. as an oppressed person to say things in a way that makes the oppressive group, that makes the oppressor feel more comfortable. Yeah. I don't think that that is what shifts culture and convinces them of my humanity and convinces them to shift in my direction. And it At really all. bothers me when I see white liberals in particular talking that shit, because shut the fuck up. Shut you the do fuck it up. then. You Preach. translate and say it nice. If but, I say it this way, if you bang with me, go translate it to your racist white people. You say it to them how you want to say it. We just, we, they don't. we just started collectively, right? And when I say collectively, mm-hmm. I'm saying all of the races, right? Right. Calling white supremacy what it is. We just now started mm-hmm. saying it out loud collectively, right? All the years before that, that was not being said and people were still oppressed. Okay? Mm -hmm. It was not in the ethos to say white supremacy the way that it is right now. And you guess what? Our great, 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 whatever was still a fucking enslaved person. They weren't saying that. They weren't using that language, but they were still enslaved. So, like, Mm -hmm. I understand the power of words, but in this instance, these things don't connect. They do not... Another quote from this video is that um, this person says that the term white supremacy, if we keep saying it, it gets in the hearts and minds of all of us and reinforces the idea that that thing is really true. This person does not believe that white supremacy that white supremacy exists exists in the ways that we understand that white supremacy exists. Mm -hmm. So I can't have this conversation with somebody who doesn't believe it believe that it is a thing that we are actually dealing with and navigating like and they think that because i'm saying it so much that i'm making it it's like those people who are like why does everything have to be about race as if i made yeah, it up yeah like yeah as this if is you the created ultimate, it as if you did it that's why it's really gaslighting it's really white this is very mm-hmm. this is white thoughts right here this is white mm-hmm. narcissism right Right, here this is white sarcosis right here coming from a black person Mm -hmm. that's what that is because none of like that none of that stuff even what's the math on that there's yeah there's there's no math yeah so i'm gonna go ahead and vote nah yeah on this switching of language i do think that it's important that we call it what it is i don't think that we are casting a spell in our own oppression for this like this thing is happening and i think that terms like white psychosis and white narcissism while i believe in those things i think that i don't think that that is 
the overarching term. I think that white narcissism and white psychosis come from a system of white supremacy that is uh of course based on their bananas fucking ideologies and shit like that but yeah this seemed like a really like spiritual pick yourself up from your bootstraps that's what it was this thing is not really real you guys are exaggerating and why are you using white supremacy for everything when only these certain things from the dr king era of black and white pictures and lynchings only those things are white supremacy and not not what's happening now what's happening to you in the daytime and it's also toxic positivity happening in here like i'm i live in the real world i cannot affirm i don't care how many intentions i set if i still live under a white supremacist patriarchal capitalistic system that's what it's going to be those are things that i'm Mm -hmm. doing for myself to help me on a personal level but as a collective i still live in this system and i'm not Mm -hmm. gonna toxic toxically convince people otherwise because that's not what it is when it comes to people, I'm, I'm trying to convince of my humanity, right? So the few white friends that I have left already believe in my humanity, <laughs> right? They believe in my humanity, but they're still white. And so that doesn't mean that they're like, they're not immune from saying stuff based in white supremacy yeah. or doing things based mm-hmm. in white supremacy. There is value in me being able to, to say to someone who knows that I care about them, yeah. right? The few white people I have left that I care about. It, there's value in me being able to point to something that they did as yeah. someone who I know is my friend and mm-hmm. they know that I'm their friend. There's value in me being, being able to say to them, that was actually white supremacy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, so that they can be like, whoa, what? Yeah. That whoa, what? That's important. Yeah. That's a, you need to see how in every aspect of our lives, white supremacy is infused in what's happening here. Here, That was white supremacy. And I'm going to tell you why, because you're my friend. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, is value in that. And I should not have to worry about a friend alienating me because i said what was happening to me and it was too shocking and too sensitive and too that's not allyship that's not co-conspiratorship that's not fucking accomplice ship that's none of that shit that is fucking white fragility and so that's what that is we can't be yeah we can't be worried that people are gonna fucking avoid the movement or or whatever the fuck because white supremacy is too extreme of a term it's like how we're still dealing with the same shit that we was dealing with back in the day how many different ways do we have to fucking say it how many times do i have to bend myself and contort myself to fit whatever is going to make white people comfortable you know what i'm saying so fuck out of here with that yeah i am not creating white supremacy with my language that's not what's happening bitch if i had okay so if we had the power that kind of power you know we would have been fucking we affirmed this shit out of existence all the, the time. time it would be gone yes. you know how many of us is workers we all got forget this current like yes i do believe in the social media brujas like i believe in it yes let's forget that it yes. is still a, a surgence of them on social media we all have a seer a feeler a roots worker in our family yes. everybody could point to one whether they sometimes we know who it is and they're scared of it and so they don't fuck with their powers yeah. but we all know somebody and yep. a bunch of us if even that aside a bunch of us through our whatever our particular traditions are our religious beliefs or whatever are affirming our healing and shit yes. all the time if it was that simple so many things we'd be affirmed affirmed our way out of so many societies you so many, many countries who we see dealing with yes how many prayers people have 
upset and cut like cut the shit, yo. Like cut what? the shit. That's very like if we would just think positively. There are and whole countries. You trying to tell me that it's whole countries toxic. that we watch suffer and it's because they're just not thinking they're positively not, about yeah, it. It's because of their own frame of mind. Yep. Fuck out of here. Yeah. Fuck out of here. Mm-mm. Anyway, we appreciate this conversation though because it had to be had, and I think that it is important that we reevaluate the way that we're using language. And yeah, so it I is definitely really appreciate important. this letter. It is for sure. But this one just didn't hit. It just didn't hit. For did us. not. Not this time. It did not hit. It did not hit. So, all right. I need a break and some water yeah, after just- that because. <laughs> oh my god, you're parched now. <laughs> I am fucking parched. I've had enough. Let's take a break. I gotta take a break. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money! Do you know what this year is? What every year is all about? Yeah, but like... Giving black women year. your money. Yes. So Give okay. black women your money. Hashtag pay black women, okay, yo. Okay, okay. So, so how do they give black women their money well they can start by giving us their money oh yes yes we do this dope ass women is race nerd podcast every motherfucking every week sometimes um, twice a week yeah yo <laughs> and we could use your loving motherfucking donations um, we definitely can absolutely so how can you do that you can go to our website yo tvsqueenandj.com hit that donate tab mm-hmm. and we have two options there so two two you become a patron or you can just donate through PayPal. Yep. You choose. We mm-hmm. give you a choice That's right. on how you give us money. That's right. If you want to donate via Patreon, we're asking all of our listeners to break us off $2 a month. That's $24 a year. And if everybody who listens does that shit, we will have everything that we need to do everything we want to do for this podcast. Everything. And if you love us so much that you want to break us off a one-time donation, a multiple-time donation, or if you don't like the the once-a-month kind of system, you can go to our PayPal and give us any amount of money. We will take that shit. We will love that shit. We will appreciate that we shit. We will use that shit. That's right. So once again, teawithqueenandj.com. Hit the donate tab and choose your donation method of choice. Oh my God, we're going to get money. Again! <laughs> All the time. Yes. And we're black. All the motherfucking time. We've been talking about the black woman-owned body care brand Love Lavender Shea Organics for the past few mm-hmm. weeks as we self-care up ourselves yes. in this fucking quarantino. Queen, what Love Lavender Shea products have you been using this week? So I have been using the Rose Hydration Body Polish Salts and yes. my body is polished from the salt. Now my body yes, does is. feel mad smooth. Boo thing told me it felt smooth. Like, well, what did you do? <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's what I did. But yeah, no, I I, I'm liking it, and I feel really hydrated okay. and rosy. That's beautiful. Well, Love Lavender Shea Organics was originally developed to foster the needs of travelers who love organic and natural products. Items at lovelavendershea.com are sized for people on the go, but as someone who is not doing a lot of traveling right now. It has been great to have quality body care products that aren't taking up all of my bathroom space because I'm always in the bathroom all the time. (laughs) My apartment is only but so big. (laughs) So through research, Love Lavender Shea Organics was created as an all-encompassing natural skincare company to enhance your skin without harsh chemicals and greasy buildup while cultivating self-love and sustainability in all of their products. LoveLavenderShea.com incorporates a few of their key ingredients to achieve perfectly healthy skin. These ingredients are shea butter, vitamin E oils, essential oils, and a lot of love. They call this their custom blend. Love Lavender Shea products are 
are formulated to reduce inflammation, hydrate skin, rejuvenate damaged skin, and aid in combating fine lines and age spots. Yes. I also use the Rose Hydration Body Polish Salt, and I love the scrub. There are rose petals in the mix, okay? Mm -hmm. They smelled good, and they showed up in my tub when I was done, so I felt like I had, like, accomplished something. I felt like I I was in there... Yes. I felt like Hakeem from coming yes. to America. Like, yeah. I felt like I was in there doing something, you know? <laughs> I would love, I know they have body, they have bath, like salts and powders and things like that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's a rose one. That would be cool. I want to see, give me the rose petals. Oh, I've, I've put rose petals in my, it's kind of hell to clean up after, but I've put like rose petals in my Right. Cup. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're fancy. But anyway, I used the scrub and I fucking loved it. And I felt like I was like really like loving on myself. So Mm -hmm. it was delicious. Well, they incorporate love into everything that they do. At lovelavendershade.com, 10% of each purchase goes towards charitable contributions and their scholarship that helps graduating high school and college seniors. This month's charitable contribution will go towards Girls Going Global, Empowering Girls to Be Global Citizens. Love Lavender Shea is a plant-based company striving to help you achieve your skin's natural glow and all products are packaged in a sustainable TSA-approved container with personalized travel reminders like on vacation for the workaholic in you. (laughs) And don't forget the sunscreen. For Tea with Queen and Jay listeners, when you visit lovelavendershea.com now through October 19th, receive 10% off your purchase using code T-T-E-A. That's code T-E-A. E-A at lovelavendershay.com. We have been watching a bunch of shit, yo. We have been watching a bunch of shit. We haven't done a what we're watching in a while. So we haven't. Let's do a what we're watching. What we're watching, what we're watching. Yeah. Ooh la la la. It's the shows that we're watching when we're sipping tea. It's the shit that we're watching with Jay Dot and Queen. Come on, what we're watching. Yeah. Yeah. What we're watching, what we're watching. Yeah. Alright, Queen, what are you watching? So, really quickly, I Actually, just last night, well, not for people listening, but just last night as we're recording, I watched Vampires versus the Bronx, which is currently Mm -hmm. on Netflix. And that is about a group of young friends from the Bronx, and they fight to save their neighborhood from a band of vampires. These vampires are actually also gentrifier so it was like mm-hmm. cute and like whatever zoe zeldania is in it mero from Jesus and mero is in it and i felt mm-hmm. like i don't know that motherfucker but i felt like look at him i'm just just like yeah. i felt so proud they feel like family Jesus and mero feel like they do feel i mean like me family. and me and Jesus, we actually did go to the same school mm-hmm. so i know we are family kind of you know <laughs> i'm gonna say you remind me every time we mentioned <laughs> Just so you know, we had all the same teachers. Like, whenever he talks about Mr. Mailman, I'd be like, I know, he was racist. So, (laughs) (laughs) I was there. Oh, but it was just, it was just nice seeing Meryl. Meryl did a really good job. I know you listen to this podcast. I don't know if he listens, but I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) But nah, he did really good. The kids in the movie was so adorable. I wanted to pinch. 
bitch and hug all of them. It was just really, really cute. The movie has a really simple plot. It's nothing heavy. I liked watching teenagers from the Bronx navigate a story and not be stressed out and not be Mm -hmm. like worried about them and not be like, are they going to get shot? Or not, not be like, you know, it was just like, let me just watch these kids in the Bronx defeat these vampires mm-hmm. and that was it it wasn't it didn't get too heavy which i appreciate it because i really love those kids and was attached to them and if anything happened to them i was gonna i was gonna fight so it was it's just a really nice story it's a nice take to see like these kids trying to take on gentrification which is happening in the bronx right now mm-hmm. um i do like watching stuff and hearing blocks and avenues that i know and work i'm like oh i used to be over there oh look at that they have oh, the concourse oh, they have, I'm like, yeah, they so that was nice it was a really it was a cute story i suggest everyone watch it if you have children watch it with them it's pg-13 there's no gore you may know of maybe a person has been attacked but you don't see like an attack you know so yeah it's a family movie i feel those don't happen too much anymore but right, yeah, it's right, good. Right, right. Yeah, so that's what I'm I've been excited. watching. I'm and gonna watch it. It is so cute. It is so fucking cute. Aww. Even my niece texted me today, like, "You should watch this. This is cute." I'm like, "I watched it already." Like, because I was excited. Aww. But it's a really, it's it's really cute. Okay, it's I'm really excited. Cute. I was gonna watch it like this week sometime, but I think I'm gonna save it because I was supposed to watch it this weekend and then that didn't work out. So I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna watch it next weekend. Yes, yeah, I'm making it an event. Yeah, it was cute. It was really, really cute. I enjoyed it, right. and it did the Bronx well. That's good. You know, there's like, nothing worse. Yes, yeah, they like to, to treat the Bronx like the, the butthole of, the, of this fucking city. Like, right. come on, like let's mm-hmm. calm down, okay? Because if it wasn't for the Bronx, right? Hello, but I think I think um that it was Bronx folks who created and directed it. Yeah, and they made sure that it was New Yorkers in the movie and all of that, which was great. So, Mm -hmm. y'all did a good Mm -hmm. job. I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed Zoe Saldana. (laughs) You'll watch it and you'll see why I enjoyed that part. All right. That's what's up. Yeah, that's what I'm watching. What are you, what you watching, Jay? I... I watched The Watermelon Woman. I had to watch it through Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. And then I had to watch it through one of those Amazon channels. We're like, get a free trial. Yeah. Because I like, I was like, I want to fucking watch this. I can't find it anywhere else. It's on Hulu Premium. So if you have a Hulu Premium, you can watch it. Mm-hmm. And it's on Amazon Prime through, you can find it there through one of their like subscription channels. But you yeah. can do like a free subscription and then cancel it. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm doing. So, The Watermelon Woman is a 1996 American romantic comedy drama film written, directed, and edited by Cheryl Dunye. It stars Dunye as Cheryl, a young black lesbian working a day job in a video store while trying to make a film about a black actress from the 1930s known for playing the stereotypical mammy roles relegated to black actresses during the period. It was the first feature film directed by a black lesbian, which is kind of a big deal, people, okay? (laughs) And is considered a landmark in new queer cinema. So Mm. I had heard them talk about Cheryl Dunye on Queer Walk podcast. So that was uh, Queer Walk episode 75. Um, I remembered that when I heard uh, Cheryl's name and like what she did mention. I was like, obviously Queer Walk. This is what happens. I listen to an episode of Queer Walk. Mm -hmm. I go about my life for a very long time. And then something will come up and I'll be like, didn't they talk about this on Queer Walk? They did. They did. Mm-hmm. So I was listening to back to podcasts. I'm podcast obsessed. I was listening to Justin Simeon's podcast. Don't at me. 
I'm catching up. So I'm listening to like throwback episodes from 2018 and he had Cheryl Dunye on there. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I haven't seen this movie. And if I've waited so long to listen to this interview, I might as well go watch this movie, movie. so I can engage with the yeah. content. Um, like in a way that's like more fulfilling. So after I watched it, I went back and listened to the interview and then I went back and listened to the Queer Walk feature that they did of Cheryl again and mm-hmm. like put all the pieces together. And that was really cool. Such a researcher. I am. But I wanted to watch this. And this was really just for my leisure. I know. I know. (laughs) I wasn't doing research for this. It was just for my leisure. I wanted to watch this film about this black woman director who I didn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. I knew what Queer Walk had told me on episode 75, which was mad mad episodes ago, (laughs) which I was like, oh, that sounds like a cool black woman. And then I went about my life. okay. And then when it came up again, I was like, okay, wait, I still have, have not watched this woman's work. This is still like a big deal. Like yeah. what the fuck is happening here? So I watched The Watermelon Woman and it was fucking adorable. Oh, okay. So it is lots of black, gay, 90s Philly shit, which mm-hmm. is like a perfect combination of a good time yeah. as far as I'm concerned. I like watching things that are from an era when I was alive, but like too young to really engage with work mm-hmm. in like as an adult. So it's really cool to kind of watch stuff from that period, especially when the nineties were at the time, the marketing for nineties was, this is such a cool time. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's cool to watch things from what was marketed as this new cool time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, It's always funny when you watch those things and they're like, it's 1992. It's the future. Right. (laughs) Change your mindset. (laughs) Yes. Yes. The 80s was like future. And the 90s was like, it's such a cool time. Yeah. You know, like every decade, every era has its own like branding and marketing. So Mm -hmm. I like looking back and watching movies from this period where it's like future. 90s is like such a cool Cool. time. You know, 80s is like... (laughs) that's perfect that's perfect (laughs) um so yeah so i really enjoyed that in the film so she's basically like i said before she is doing research she's a filmmaker in the film in the movie she's Mm -hmm. doing research on this uh, mammy figure from the 90s actress from the and 30s. The Mammy figure. Thank from you. The from the 30s. 30s. Thank okay. you. So Cheryl Dunye creates this. It's it's a fictional actress from the 30s. Mm-hmm. And so in the movie, she is trying to create this documentary about this woman Person. or whatever, yeah. who, again, back in real life, is a fictional character as a fictional person but Mm -hmm. in the film she's searching for this woman who was also a lesbian who was doing this mammy work in efforts to secure an actual like a real career in acting where she didn't have to play mammy Mm -hmm. roles so it interrogates all of this actual history it interrogates and talks about the black lesbian experience Mm -hmm. there's a lot of conversation in this film about blackness and black the experience of a black lesbianism versus like all of that white shit especially at a time when i feel like um and for a lot lot of the cis straight elders see queerness as this white thing Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and Mm -hmm. so it was really cool for me to watch this film by a black lesbian woman that was unapologetically black 
gay as fuck and cool 90s because the 90s because the 90s 90s are cool cool. (laughs) so so i really enjoyed the fuck out of that and i think a part of my takeaway from this is that as somebody who i have an experience of being educated on my blackness outside of school right for most of us who went to average everyday public schools most of us were not being taught like our history mm-hmm. black history anything that happened with any kind of black person anywhere ever right yeah. so it was whatever narrative white supremacy wanted to feed us that's what went down yeah outside of that experience i grew up in a family where we did talk about our history as black people however queerness was definitely omitted from yeah. that not oh, there yeah. not I present have, at all I have right that, yeah And even in the media that I was consuming and in black magazines and things like that, I would pick up in the house that I would read. There was no black queer inclusion or narrative like it just wasn't there. And it bothered me that I am a grown person who was alive in the 90s. Right. The same way I have seen all of these Spike Lee movies. I am a movie person. If there is a movie that Mm -hmm. I, I had, I haven't seen by a black person, I will find out what it's about and see if it's something I should watch or whatever. This movie about this cool 90s, you know, <laughs> uh, black woman. This is a black story. These are black women in this fucking movie. Like I had, aside from Queer Walk talking about it, mm-hmm. I had never heard of it before. Yeah. And it's talking about all the things that a black person like me was taught to care about growing up aside from the elements of queerness, queerness in it. And yeah. so it's just disappointing that so many of us grew up and are still growing up and being taught that queerness... It just started. That black queer folks, that queerness just started and that black queer folks are not a part of our black collective Mm -hmm. of people and history and Mm -hmm. that there's not value in it because there's no reason why I should be such a grown ass person and have not already seen this movie or have heard enough about it that is in my like there's movies that i know exist and i know what they're about but i've never seen because i've just chosen not to watch them but i know that they exist and their value in the culture and it's disappointing to me that there's so many black queer icons that are not included in the collective black stories of what is important in black history in our past Mm -hmm. in our present in our future type shit so that i think is something that I hope that we are collectively growing out of. And I hope that for us and the young people in our lives that we engage with, I hope that we are being sure to include black queer narratives, especially those of us who are not queer should be working extra hard to make sure that we are including black queer narratives in the stories that we share Mm -hmm. with our youth and with one another. Like that's super important because this, this film is not something that it shouldn't go like, this is a big fucking deal. You it know, should be I a absorb. Fi- it sounds like it should be a. Fi- you know how there's films that we just all collectively know. We can yes. say the lines to. Yes. We can all yes. reference. We can look yes. at each other and just like yes. get the line and get the whatever. It seems like you're saying this, this should is be a, a part film. of that. It should be a part That's of what that. I'm saying mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And I feel like for queer folks, there are black communities for which this is yeah. that. Like mm-hmm. this is, and they they know it. 
They've seen it. Yeah. It is a part of their everyday. Yeah. But I feel like as a collective, and when I say there are black, there are, I'm sure there are black, les- like whole communities of black lesbians, whole communities of other black queer people who connect yeah. with this film, who connect with it or are allowed to connect with it because they had to because there was nothing else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so have shared it with one another and whatnot. But in terms of the larger collective and queer narratives being erased from black history, from black present, from all of that, like yeah. that. That was really disturbing to me because that it was an adorable fucking movie. I listened to her interview with Justin Simeon and she did talk a little bit about how she felt like at the time there were black lesbians who were dismissive of the work because there is an interracial uh, relationship mm-hmm. in the film. Yeah. So they were like, no, it's not black lesbian because it's not uh, two lesbians in this rom-com. Yeah. It is, you know, you're engaging with a white woman, even though she interrogates interracial relationships and white people not knowing how to act or recognizing their privilege and shit like that. It's like all the same shit that people deal with today. That was the other thing that I thought was like Mm -hmm. really cool. But, and also again, this is the same shit we dealing with and talking about today. And like, this is not a part of our everyday movie knowledge conversation or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know? So watch the watermelon woman. Cheryl Dunyer is out here. She is a, Liberian American film director. And this, I just like to bring this up because I feel like sometimes when people are both black American and have a parent from another part of the the black diaspora, that that black Americanness is erased. Um, But her mom is an African American, black American woman, and her dad was born in Liberia. She was also born in Liberia and then grew up in Philly. Mm -hmm. So she is a... Film director, producer, screenwriter, editor, and actress, Dunye's work often concerns themes of race, sexuality, and gender, particularly issues relating to black lesbians. And I just want to go through, uh, she recently directed an episode of Lovecraft Country. So if you watched episode five, Strange Case, which I'm not watching Lovecraft yet, but um, (laughs) I had had to stop. got scary. So I haven't seen that episode yet, but uh, Cheryl Dunye directed- Once you get past that episode, it's not as scary anymore. I I didn't watch it as of this recording. I haven't watched a recent episode, so I don't know what happened Mm -hmm. then. So I don't need people in my DMs like, well, actually, this episode- Okay, don't do that. But no no spoilers. I haven't. I'll get to it. I just need, I need support. It's so good. So she directed that episode of Lovecraft. That's episode five. She directed several episodes of David Makes Man, Mm -hmm. four episodes of Queen Sugar. She directed an episode of Dear White People, an episode of The Shy. I'm just saying all this so that like this is a working black director Mm -hmm. and we should know about her. She directed an episode of Claws. Yeah, her IMDb is pretty powerful. Like she's not about the games. Not about the games. So watch The Watermelon Woman. Root for everybody black as black people. And that includes queer black folks. Yeah. Like they should be included in our stories that we That's tell. That's honestly a lot of our flavor comes that. from the queer black people. And then mm-hmm. we erase that they're the ones who taught us the flavor. <laughs> right. You know, like, mm-hmm. just think about our language. A lot of A lot of the language that I use and I've used as a child, now that I'm knowing that Wait, that was birth in ballroom or that was birth here or that mm-hmm. was just like we gotta stop doing it and yeah. that. Yeah, no definitely. Yeah. So check that shit out and that's what the fuck I am watching. That was nice. That was nice. I'm gonna look into that. 
Yeah, you, you should watch it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. You want to get into some news that's not news? Yeah, let's do that. Do that too. I guess even though we were free, we were still slaves in the mind. Message! All right. News that's not news is a segment where we highlight a news story that has either not received enough attention or we want to cover it in a womanist race nerd way or it's something that has received attention and we just want to make sure we highlight that shit because we think it is mad motherfucking important. So Word. this is our news that's not news. So this news that's not news is actually from the Lost Tapes. <laughs> Uh-oh. That episode that never happened, that disappeared, mm-hmm. that me and Jay shared with each other and, and get yep. to share with you guys. Um, yeah, it's just three hours of recording. No big yeah, deal. Yeah, you know, no big deal. Lost. No big deal. You know, mm-hmm. you know whatever. I said that because I thought about timing, but I still feel like there's still a lot of time for all of this stuff as well because November 3rd is not here yet. So this mm-hmm. stuff is all still relevant. On episode 256, which is you about to lose your job, if you go back to that episode, we talk extensively about voter suppression. That was a news that's not news story there. And we were talking about the ways in which votes have been suppressed for black populations, how they do it, tactics that they use, how much that happened within the last election for president and things like that. If you want to revisit that, you can go there. So I figured since we were talking about ways that they suppress votes, we can talk about ways that we can probably try to counter that, get around that, counteract that, collectively try to organize and get on the other side of that shit. So put some stuff together for us. For, you know, just us to present to you so you guys can have information. So the first thing I want to share is the website vote.org. That is where you can get, like, lots of information. So you can go there to just see if you are registered to vote. If your vote has been purged, which is very, very common. My vote has been purged before. Um, So you can... Yeah, yeah, that has happened to you. So you can go to that website just to make sure you are registered. This is pretty time sensitive because I think the deadline for registering the vote is like like days away. <laughs> right. Okay. So go to vote.org. See if you are still registered. I still think that even, let's say if you're not in time, there's still like something else you can do to mm-hmm. register because even when your vote is purged, they still allow you to do something so that you can Try to have your vote counted. So go to vote.org to see if you're registered, to see where you are registered. If you moved, your voting location or poll place might have changed, stuff like that. You can get information like that there. You can also sign up for election reminders. So to remind you about who's on your ballots for your specific city, town, district, whatever. Mm -hmm. So you can get that there. You can also, like I said, get your polling location for the day of voting elections. You can also request your absentee ballot, which if you haven't, do that ASAP, like ASAPity. You can also get the early voting calendar. There are lots of states where you can vote early so that you do not have to wait to November 3rd because when they suppress votes, one of the ways that they do that is by long lines, poll things don't work, all of this stuff to deter you from voting. So if you live in a state that allows early voting and you have not filled out an absentee ballot to vote that way, I would suggest voting early so you can avoid that stuff. So that day of you're not on this long line that's like mad blocks and on lines for hours just to vote and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that's information that you can get. I like that it's all in one website. You're not just going to all of these other places to get that stuff. All of that stuff you can do on that website. Before we started recording, I looked to see where my early voting polls were because I think I'm going to vote early. Mm -hmm. I didn't send for my absentee ballot. 
and I'm mm-hmm. not sure if the, the time is enough, so I think I might early vote. Mm-hmm. But okay. it's all accessible on that site, vote.org. So visit that. Um, I'm also going to share some organizations who are working to counter voter suppression, who are actively working to make it so that our votes aren't suppressed. There are already organizations doing that. So I think it makes more sense to highlight these places and you can donate your time, money, whatever, and efforts to these organizations as they already exist. You do not have to reinvent the wheel. If it's already rolling, you can contribute to what already is happening. So the first one is the League of Women Voters, and they're a nonpartisan activist group that fights for voting rights across the country. They support expanding voter access, fighting voter suppression, and other issues like redistricting and money and politics. So if you want to assist them or anything like that, you can just go to their website. I have the link for that in the show notes. The website for if you're like driving or something is lwv.org. Okay. The next one is the American Civil Liberties Union, which is the pretty commonest one, the aclu.org. Things that they deal with among its many causes, because the ACLU is something that's commonly, they have many, many causes, but one that we're focusing now obviously is with the voting. So they engage in legal cases and activism against voter suppression, including and specifically suppression of Native American voters, which I think is great and important to say here. So if you want to take action with them, donate to them, send messages to state officials or anything like that, you can do that at the ACLU.org. Then we have election protection and election protection. Their website is 8666ourvote.org. And those numbers are the numbers. They're not spelled out. They're a national nonpartisan group that gives information and help at all stages of voting. So from registering to casting your vote, they run a hotline for anyone who has issues at their polling stations during election day and stuff like that. So you can get active real time help during election day if you're having any issues. And if you'd like to contribute to them, time, money, whatever, you can do that by going to their website as well. Then we have Fair Fight. Fairfight.com is their website, and they're a national voters' rights organization founded by Stacey Abrams, um, the Mm. former Georgia Democratic gubernatorial candidate. For 2020, we all know that the election was stolen from her, but that that ignited this in her to create an organization and an initiative to fight voter suppression. So if you would like to support her organization's work and effort, you can go to her website, fairfight.com. All of these websites do have lots of information too. Just three more, just three more, y'all. Then we have the Asian Americans Advancing Justice. Their website is advancingjustice-alc.org, and they are the Asian Law Caucus. They're a legal and civil rights organization serving Asian and Pacific Islanders communities. As part of their work, Advancing Justice, ALC, focuses on voting rights and the census, including sponsoring state legislation that expands the availability of translated voting materials and operating poll monitoring programs. So they make voting more accessible for people who don't speak English. It seems specifically for Asian and Pacific Islanders, but it's a great initiative. And I think that if you have the time or the money, reach out to them and do that. Then we have Black Voters Matter Fund, and their website is blackvotersmatterfund.org. They are an advocacy group for policies to expand voting rights and access, including expanding early voting, 
resisting voter ID, re-entry, restorations of rights, and strengthening the Voter Rights Act. They also advocate for policies that intersect with race, gender, economic, and other aspects of equality. They have a hyper-focus on black rural communities because they are often left out of the conversation. If you want to donate time, money, or whatever to them and their initiative or just get information, just go visit their website at blackvotersmatterfund.org. And last but not least, because I'm sure there are more, I'm sure there's like mad at them, like way more. We have Voto Latino, and Voto Latino is a grassroots political organization focused on educating and empowering a new generation of Latinx voters, as well as creating a more robust and inclusive democracy through innovative digital campaigns, cultural relevant events, programs. So they're, you know, basically empowering the Latinx community and the voting democracy process, which is dope. Their website is votolatino.org and that is also in the show notes all of these organizations are listed in the show notes i know this was a information dump but i'm sure that something stood out for you there and motherfuckers go vote go vote please use the info vote early if you can check to see if you're registered check where your polling place is Try to be proactive with it rather than doing these things the day of because that's what they they like. They like for you to show up to the Mm -hmm. polls the day of and you've been purged and or the line is long and or the polls are broken and or they don't have whatever language you need and or they love Mm -hmm. for that shit. So here's a way to counter that. Yeah, and check in with your people. Touch base with your people. Find out where they're voting. Find out if they're all registered Mm -hmm. up and and whatnot. Like, check, touch base with your circles of influence, yo. Yeah, like, when we share a lot of this information on the show, it's not just for you. Like, we share this with the community. Like, let people know this stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, you know somebody where one of these things apply to them. So just ask them and see, you know, what's going on. And now you have information for them to pass on to them. So each one, teach one or whatever. Are you ready to pay black women? Always ready. Always ready. Give me your fucking money! Our Pay Black Women segment is a segment where we feature and highlight black women-owned businesses, initiatives. It could be a black woman who just needs lunch money. It could be a black woman who needs to get to work or fix her car or buy a new couch. Whatever it is that a black woman is doing, we are down to highlight that shit women of course we know includes trans women cis women any variety of black women you are you are welcome to participate and engage with our pay black women segment you can submit yourself you can submit a friend whatever the case may be we are down to include you in our pay black women segment here at tea with queen and j podcast we open and welcome this segment to afab non-binary folks so if you are someone who is afab non-binary you are welcome to participate in our pay black women segment we will not of course we will not refer to you as a woman we will respect your pronouns and in whichever way you choose to be identified we will identify you as you are also here at tea with queen and j podcast as community ass bitches we open this segment up to indigenous folks so if you are an indigenous woman of any variety if you are an indigenous afab non-binary person you are welcome to participate in our pay black women segment we are here to get that money re 
flowing and purging and not purging that means taking out but splurging redistributing inserted into communities of black and indigenous women and afab non-binary folks we want to make sure that we are doing that shit that is the task that we take on here at tea with queen and jay podcast this week's pay black women feature is from m m says good morning y'all i have been a listener for a while but your black shit episode brought me to a complete stop i thought i wrote the letter and forgot about it so episode 263 we read a letter from a person who wanted to know if their husband was a misogynist So, (laughs) yes, yes, they are. So we read a letter from that person who was navigating their relationship with their husband as we navigate white supremacist patriarchal capitalism. Uh Um, And so we discussed that. And that is the letter that this person is referencing here. So mm-hmm. back to M's letter, they say, I thought I wrote the letter and forgot about it. So they really, they connected with this shit so much. They thought it was them. My husband and I have been having several issues around communication and I had to get off the ride of insanity because I was truly expecting a different result from the same nigga. While I do love him, it isn't enough to heal his wounds and trauma and I won't bear his weight and my own. Bringing it up resulted in him being defensive and I had to leave. As I write this, I'm sleeping on a couch because the house and car are his. On top of COVID, I had a hysterectomy at the beginning of July. My job fired me while I was healing. My unemployment still hasn't come through and I'm moving through a lupus flare. I'm only 35, but this queer black femme is exhausted. I want to be here though. I want to be around for myself and my children, and I don't want to question whether I deserve to exist because I'm having a difficult time supporting myself. I know as black women yourselves, you deserve to be paid, and I appreciate this space you make for those in our community like myself. Absolutely anything would be helpful. My cash app is dollar sign, just the letter M. In gratitude, M. M. First of all, thank you so much for trusting us with this letter. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. We are sorry that you are experiencing this transition in this way at this time. This sounds really challenging, but we see you, we hear you, and we affirm that there's good shit on the other side of this. Yeah, yes, we do. So we're going to put M's cash app in the show notes, please. If you got it. If you can, I'm sure any little bit helps. So please hit M on the cash app and help them in this transition um, as they support their family and find a new place during COVID and quarantine. This is really a challenging time to have to make this kind of transition. Transition, yeah. And we want to make sure that deciding and electing to be in a better space, in a place that is more healthy for this person does not have a negative impact on their ability to provide for themselves and their family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, M's cash app is dollar sign, just the letter M. And we will put that information in the show notes as well. Yes. 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 So moving on from that, are you ready to throw a motherfucker in a pit? Yeah. I got a bit of rage. Let's do that. <laughs> Who the fuck is this asshole? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. I double dare you, motherfucker. Say what one more goddamn time. 
The pit is where we throw people, places, and things that are fucking with our black joy. The complete opposite of a libation is the pit. So, who are you throwing in the pit, Jay? Mine is, I'm going to try and make this quick, but I, I didn't want to not mention this. Mm-hmm. First of all, content warning for gross negligence, mm-hmm. white supremacy, harassment um, in a hospital setting that led to death. Yeah. So harassment, verbal abuse, and neglect, and white supremacy. Last week, an indigenous woman in uh, Quebec, Canada, the woman's name is Joyce Echequan, and Joyce was a 37-year-old mother of seven. She died on Monday after being admitted to a Joliet hospital uh, for stomach pain two days prior. I'm reading from the New York uh, Post, just a heads up. I don't fuck with the Post, but this was the only article that I found that actually had the quotes of the things that okay. were said Got it. Um, mm-hmm. to Joyce. And I think that that's important. I think a lot of articles paraphrased it, but I really think that the level of white supremacy and what was being said to this sick woman, like in a hospital that that needs to be like said. Mm-hmm. So she had been admitted to the hospital for stomach pain two days prior, but before her death, she managed to start a Facebook live video capturing the vitriol. Things that the nurse and I, I want to say other another hospital attendant was saying, and there were people in the room who were complicit to this and did not act. So a nurse says in French, you're stupid as hell. So this is all while Joyce is, you can hear her kind of moaning and groaning in pain. Mm-hmm. And a nurse says, you're stupid as hell. You made some bad choices, my dear, another nurse says. What are your children going to think seeing you like this? Someone else says, she's good at having sex more than anything else. And then who do you think is paying for this? One of the nurses also says, right? So all of this, all of this shit that's being said is obviously wild racist, obviously based on stereotypes of who can pay, who can't pay, who looks, who looks like somebody who is worth being saving. Who's a patient? Who's not a patient? exactly who's a nuisance right if you are a nurse in a hospital none of your everyone is a patient yeah no one regardless of the issue should be seen as a nuisance but it's okay to disregard lives of indigenous people because of white supremacy yeah okay so unless you are a white presenting indigenous person or or somebody who they don't know is indigenous or yeah. what. Like all of these statements, this, you made some bad choices, bringing up her children, which yeah. I believe is directly related to the number of children that she yeah, has. Yeah, of course it is. And, and assuming that she's some sort of um, freeloader and leech on the system who doesn't deserve care. Based on all of these stereotypes that white folks have created for this group of people whose land they have fucking stolen. It's always... A group of people who they have decided are nothing because we were minding our business, right? So whether it be indigenous people, black folks, you know, other people of color, like it's the narrative of white supremacy that says these groups of people whose land I have stolen in this space, which I don't belong, like they they're actually the ones who don't matter. They're actually the problem. They're Mm -hmm. actually leeches onto the system. They're they've actually made bad choices. So there's that, which is incredibly triggering two people have been fired already so definitely one of the nurses and i think another attendant just fired they need to lose their licenses or however that works right right so that's what they're that's what the family is fighting for now that they should Mm -hmm. never be allowed to practice 
again, yeah. uh, which mm-hmm. I absolutely agree with. The family is suing the hospital, suing the nurses and like the other people, employees involved. They're also seeking, they're filing a complaint with the IVAC, which is um, their mandate. I believe it's a government organization whose mandate is to compensate crime victims. Okay. Something else that I found really upsetting and I want to throw this person in the pit is Quebec's premier Francois Legault. As people were calling this like a symptom of white supremacy and how First Nations people in Canada, in Quebec, are consistently treated with injustice and prejudice because of their race. As that discussion was happening, the premier responds by saying, For me, when we talk about systemic racism, it's in relation with black people in the United States for reasons we know. For me, I don't see that in Quebec. For sure, we have racism against the First Nations in Quebec, and I want to fight it. I want to be the government that will do the most actions to take against racism against First Nations. So he says that after, to me, this is like another like incredible gaslight, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. it's like they have race, racism over there specifically towards black people, specifically in the U.S., and that has nothing to do with what we so do here long, in yeah. Quebec, right? And so this is after um, last year, a government commissioned report found that indigenous peoples face systemic discrimination in public services across Quebec, Mm -hmm. right? So there was a judge who said, like, this can't be denied. Like, based on this research, there's nothing here. Like, you cannot look at this shit and say that it is not systemic racism. Yeah. So to then have this person, after the things that were said to this woman were were racially charged, and they were said by two different people, okay? Two nurses in the same room who I'm sure have communicated with indigenous patients in this way before. And... These were her... These were the last words she heard. Yeah. Like, these Mm -hmm. were her fucking last words. Like, are you fucking Mm -hmm. serious? Right. Right. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that in the pit and just highlight that, like, that shit still goes down, that indigenous people, first of all, they do exist. They experience an incredible amount of discrimination racism systemic racism white supremacy it's not yeah, white it white narcissism is can, not what killed that woman can't be affirmed away that like no like what no yeah mm-hmm. so so that's my pit i just want to throw everybody involved in that shit in the pit i want to throw fucking so francois legault in the pit i want to throw that hospital where them racist nurses been working been being racist you don't say been no shit working. like that out your whole yes. mouth we only know because been this saying woman decided shit like to put that. it on live we only mm-hmm. know because this woman and, put it on live and we only know what was said to her she turned that shit on because she had been being mistreated Okay, because exactly. nobody that ill is like, oh, let me just report yeah, like, this for I, no I, reason. They have been I, saying wild shit to If her. I'm about to die, I'm mad ill. But while mm-hmm. I am trying to do whatever for my body to like live on, yeah. I have to think about taking out my phone mm-hmm. and putting this on live. Right. That's yeah. trash. Yeah, they, they go in a pit. Right. So fuck that shit entirely, and we want to send love and solidarity to the family and um, everyone standing in solidarity with them in Quebec. Who are you throwing in the pit today? I'm throwing in the pit Ava DuVernay. Mm. That is who I'm throwing in the pit. And the reason why I'm throwing her in the pit is for two different reasons. The first reason, I had actually seen a tweet that she had tweeted the day of the presidential debate. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel strong enough to put her in a pit then, although I did feel strongly about what she said, but I'll get into all of that for you and go into the steps of why I can, you know what, bitch, now you're in a pit. Mm-hmm. So the tweet that she tweeted out on the presidential election day was, for those who hadn't been listening for the past four years, Trump just told you that he ain't leaving and that he is a white supremacist. If that doesn't get every American who is not white into overdrive to toss his ass, we may actually deserve what happens next. Who's we? Who's we? But it's our, it's our fault again. Everything is our so. fault. How is this mm-hmm. our fault? How is this our fault? Then... Before I even get to like how this I fall, every American can't, every non-white American doesn't have the ability to vote. There are people who are American who are not citizens here, so they do not have the right to vote. So they deserve what the fuck ever happens to them because they didn't vote. They don't even have the right to do that. There are people who have lost their right to vote. And I thought you would know this, Ava, since you had your whole documentary about 13 and you seem to understand a prison industrial complex and the fucking repercussions of that complex in this country. And one of the things for lots of folks is that they lose their right to vote. But you're saying it's their fault if, if, if all of you non-white people, mm-hmm. if, if this shit happens again, it's our, you know, whatever happens is, is your fault. Everybody, mo- yeah, everybody yeah. can't even fucking vote. So they just supposed like, so it's their fault. Everyone can't mm-hmm. vote. That's another thing people don't talk about often when they talk about these non-voters or whatever. Everyone can't even vote here. Everyone who lives mm-hmm. in this country can't not mm-hmm. vote. And like you said, that is intentional. So like, what the fuck? So like, like, it starts there, but then it moves into motherfuckers saying everything that happens to us in our fault. And that is not what mm. it is. And that is not how the system of power even fucking works. And I'm tired of people who are, because maybe they're rich, because they're around the, the movers and the shakers, that they mm. think that they know what's happening in real time on the fucking ground. Like, that's not, what are you talking about? I, it's just, it's insulting to know that you put out that work as far as 13th, as far as what is the when they see us, that's what it's called. Yes, mm-hmm. the documentary you put that oh, no, out. The, the movie, on the Netflix movie, the, 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 the miniseries, docu- yes, mm-hmm. on like you put out that work that gives very that points to the system in these very direct ways, and you release this up to statement. And still don't delete it. Like, mm-hmm. I understand emotions. And something happens and you feel these things and you put something out or whatever. I do that. Everyone does that. It's, it's not, I, that's not something I will fault you for. But you still really stand by this statement because it is still there. Even when lots of people question what you fuck you meant, dragged you in, in terms of, like, what Twitter likes to, I don't think people mm-hmm. actually get dragged, but you get what I'm saying. Like, and you're like, no, I. she's dead ass like I said what I said. I mm-hmm. said what I said. I said what I said. Right? So that happens. And a few days later, we find out. Remember, what's happening to us is we deserve what happens to us. Whatever happens next, what we deserve. Just want you to remember that, right? Mm-hmm. Days later, we find out that the president of the United States of America... Mm-hmm. has COVID-19, right? 
President Trump, in case you're listening to this, in the future. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I said his name at the top of the show, so I was like, nah, I'm not saying it again. So that's why I just mm-hmm. settled. You know how, I got you. You know how we don't be saying that here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that happens. This is a few days later, maybe um, not that many days, maybe like two or three days later that we find out that, this, that Trump has COVID. And she tweets this. Um, she actually retweets this from his tweet where he's letting us know that him and the first mm-hmm. lady have COVID. So then she says, to Donald Trump, I truly hope you get well as you're infected with a life-threatening virus and are physically ill. Also, you are a disgrace and a liar. You've cost hundreds of thousands of their lives and you're a white supremacist. Get well, sincerely. And after that, we're going to vote you out. So I don't have a huge problem with that tweet. I would not, I'm not right. wishing, I'm not wishing nobody well that I don't fuck with because that's, that's my mm-hmm. personality. But I understand that people are different and stuff like that. I'm not as angry at this tweet, but it does make me uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. So then someone tweeted her, um, and their at name on Twitter is at Suavemente. I like your name, Suavemente, because Suavemente. You know that song, right? Yes, I almost did it, but I figured you was going to do it. So oh, yeah. Who doesn't do that when they hear that? Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. So this person um, retweets Ava DuVernay's tweet about hoping he gets well. And they say, you literally directed a movie about the Century Park Five, and this is the man that you're going to wish well? This racist who took out full-page ads to demonize them? The same mm-hmm. man who called for their deaths? Are you insane? So that mm-hmm. that person expresses that, mm-hmm. which is kind of that's how I feel, right? right. I wouldn't have thrown her in the pit for it, but that's how I feel. So then her other tweet is, Ava DuVernay retweets this person. This person thought she retweets them, and she says, "I don't wish death on anyone. I was raised better. If that makes me insane, then I guess I am." So what makes that all of that other stuff an issue for me is because you just told me the other fucking day that I deserve what I get that we Mm. deserve what we get if we don't vote that we deserve what we get all the non-black people deserve what they get what deserve whatever comes next if they don't participate and vote in this election but you could wish you could wish this white supremacist motherfucker well and then when another black person is like hey girl (laughs) like really like I wouldn't say the words insane, you know, I wouldn't say that, but like mm-hmm. girl, like really? And and it's like I don't wish death on anyone. The person who talked to you didn't ask you to wish death. They're just yeah. cons- they're just like you're gonna wish someone well. You took all this time. You took all this time to create this this to write this sentence. Yes. And it sounds like a simple sentence, but it's like, well, it's Twitter. We communicate in these simple sentences, yes. right? Mm-hmm. So you took this time to to add include this simple sentence wishing well wishing health as a like precursor because you know you're about to it's to soften the blow of all of the hard things and white comfort where was that comfort for black people the other day how dare you offer comfort to this white motherfucker Mm -hmm. and don't offer that shit to me like are you serious like a few days later and then when another black person asks you a question about it you're like i don't wish like it just it just annoys me how much like is there such thing as black psychosis because 
You see how that doesn't work, right? Because really, this is still white supremacy. Yes. Right? And if it cannot be called this, what, it, what Ava ex- is exhibiting here in some of these tweets is not, it cannot be called white psychosis. It cannot be called white narcissism because Ava is exhibiting white supremacy. Yeah. And that is a fucking, what is it, the fucking red thread or whatever through, I'm using fucking retail language now. But anyway, <laughs> that is. <laughs> You know, the red thread in the A-spot is a red thread throughout the store. The thread goes all the way up to... <laughs> goes all the way up to the top. Yes. Anyway, sorry. They did it to us. They We've been did. institutionalized. Yeah. But anyway, I don't give a fuck. It's the fucking red thread, okay, of all of this shit. It's white supremacy. Yes. And you tie it together through white supremacy. Not white narcissism or white psychosis or whatever. This is white supremacy that has infiltrated the tweets of somebody who we fuck with. And she said something else, like like the week before this. She's it was been like saying other, stuff. She's been saying yeah, stuff. like respectable kind of things or whatever that have been like a little bit weird. It's I've like, been Ava, we it get it. You I, like I your you problems. like your floor length dresses. We get it. Okay, right. <laughs> we get it. You're a queen. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, you're not an auntie. Oh, we okay. get it. Okay. <laughs> yeah yeah some of these takes these takes are awkward these mm-hmm. takes are awkward, awkward i take. will say and i'm doing this because this is a black woman we are in like a really uncomfortable emotions are all over the place of course thoughts are all over course. the place yeah all of that shit so i will give her a grace for that because it's a black right. woman and and on top of that grace i do want to highlight that this thinking of like wishing him well and and saying out loud that we hope that he gets better and shit like that is a symptom of not being able to go low. The symptom of Democrats feeling the need to take the high road. Yeah, and it's and like... Because anything that we do as... Particularly as black people... Yes. If we're not playing nice, it's like we're so dedicated to, to fucking play. like yeah. playing nice because toxic. we're used to being judged unfairly and yeah. shit like that, that we feel like we have to cater to this white privilege. We have to cater to this, uh, excuse me, white fragility. Yeah. And so it's this is not like an Ava thing. This is something I've seen a lot no, of people. No, a lot of them was doing that. I, I hope saw, he's okay. I hope he's fine. I saw this someone. Is terrible. I saw someone say... Hey, everyone, watch out for your tweets because you could be saying the wrong things. I'm paraphrasing, but you mm-hmm. could be saying things that could affect your jobs and blah, blah, blah. It was just like, mm. just so much of like, like, what is it? Why we be mm-hmm. screaming, revol- y'all be screaming revolution last week. And then the, when it happens, when it's like, you, how many times have y'all been, have we said that we want him not to? to exist we want him mm-hmm. to not be there have blade pump people mm-hmm. have directly said this motherfucker need to die like well mm-hmm. by any means necessary get this motherfucker out the space and uh you know mm-hmm. by a lot you know some little viruses mm-hmm. was like ah, 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 did a little shoulder shimmy right up nobody, his nose. To do nobody did anything mm-hmm. and when it's like could actually happen then it's like oh shit oh my god and it makes mm-hmm. me wonder Going back to speaking mm-hmm. stuff into Uh-oh. existence. Do y'all Uh-oh. really want the shit y'all say to be into existence? Do you really mm-hmm. want this shit? Do you really want this shit? Stop saying shit that you don't really want or if you're not really ready for. Me? I'm ready for that shit. I don't care mm-hmm. about going high. When motherfuckers go low, I go lower. Because I watch wrestling and that's how you body slam a motherfucker and you win a fight, right? So, no. Okay? I don't... How, how for what? How for yeah. what? What? 
why raise your standards? This going to be my parents' nation of business shit. Why would mm. I raise my standards to reach one of a fucking devil? That don't make no mm. sense. Why would I right. do that? Right, that don't right, make no right. sense. Yeah, no, that definitely that definitely applies. <laughs> I wanted to say, though, oh, to Rod's point, it's this whole, yes, Michelle Obama said, when we go low, we go high. And a lot of, uh, a lot of Twitter revolutionaries had a problem with that and they're like nah we gotta go low we gotta go low but when the opportunity comes to go low when the opportunity when we see other people going low people get real scared people get really scared scared. of that and are and are very it's weird it's fucking weird because they want to talk about it white supremacy is showing and your catering to white fragility is showing they just want to talk about it you wouldn't Mm. bust a grape in a fruit fight okay Mm. like like the fuck or maybe be honest and say yo this shit is fucking scary i'm scared just say that yeah. just say that that is fine too because that yeah. is real that is real mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. she goes in the pit for that respectable shit like nah Mm-mm. she goes in the pit and actually i'm throwing everybody in the pit who started to show this motherfucker grace what is wrong with y'all what is wrong with y'all mm-hmm what is wrong with <laughs> like what you do not have to wish like you not wishing someone well does not mean you wish they die that's the other that's thing not the same there's thing. so many and people whenever you challenge somebody catering to like white fragility or any other kind of fragility whenever you're like hey girl or hey whoever like i see you kind of like bending in this way or catering to white fragility in this way there's so many other things that you could say or have you considered this that or whatever and it's like i'm not about to tell this man that he should die i'm not about to be racist to white people just to because i've seen i've done this like kind of been like hey Mm -hmm. so what's this all about Mm -hmm. and they always come back with like acting like you told them to say the most extreme shit and you're like yo there's so many things in between telling somebody to die and telling them that you wish them great health there's so many things in between nobody told you a part of it being silence so many things you could say exactly nobody told y'all to fucking drag them through the streets like they did mussolini and none of that shit okay like a virus mm-hmm. entered his body. Mm-hmm. A virus that has killed 20,000 people that we know of. Because I'm sure, let 20 years come mm-hmm. down the line, we're going to hear some other shit. Because that's just, just like how we're learning about infertilization that happened in the 70s, and blah, blah, blah. We're going to hear mm-hmm. more shit about COVID. More shit is going to come out about this motherfucker. Right. And the expectation right. is to go high with that? This part, and then this is something, Mm -mm. this is something that um, I heard somebody say on Democracy Now! And I thought it was really poignant. Mm -hmm. Looking at this like he's the victim of like catching this virus when he has been putting himself in danger danger. and his team in danger. Yes. Right? And his team. And so I'm going to say something. So the person on Democracy Now! said this thing that I know many people will find to be extreme. But what she said was that this should be looked at as somebody who committed a murder-suicide, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or somebody who attempted a murder-suicide versus somebody who just, you know, fell victim to this virus that everyone is getting or whatever and tried to protect himself and others from it and just happened to get it. That's not what he was doing. No. That's not what he was doing. He was down with endangering himself and endangering his team. He literally yes. made fun of Joe yes. Biden during the debate. He wears a mask everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Look at this guy. 
He probably had COVID right then when he was saying mm-hmm. it. Cause the, the math, the, the math right. not mathing. The math not mathing. But mm-hmm. like, uh, it's just yeah. I don't. We all collectively shame the people that we know or the people who are not presidents who get COVID because of them being careless. We we all collectively fucking be like that's their fault. We all collectively be like, well, you mm-hmm. should have did this and you should have did that and blah 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 blah. And you're putting people at risk. We all have. I don't know if it's a term, COVID chain people in some way. This is not COVID. Like, this motherfucker blatantly was like, he might as well just, like, had a sign that said COVID right into me right here. Because he was doing mm-hmm. nothing. None of the precautions. Call it a hoax. There's literally people who have died who did not have to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Herman Cain is dead, yo. And it's like the, the Republicans, it's like it never happened. They don't acknowledge that shit at all. They don't care. They don't care about anyone. He, this is a motherfucker who said, not him, but his his contingent or whatever, who were mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of just, I'm paraphrasing, but like, you know, if old people got to die, then that's, you know, that's, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's something they can do for the good of this country. What? Mm-hmm. And you're 74, and that was something that made sense for you to say out loud when you're a part of that population? Mm-hmm. fuck out of here no about wishes and yeah so Avery goes in the pit and all the people who was wishing real wishes when I know just two weeks ago it was burn it down burn it down <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so yeah that's my pit I just had to get that on my chest cause I was like maybe y'all is not y'all ancestors <laughs> like, mm-hmm. no they're not that's the point <laughs> First of all, let's get this squared away. We are not our ancestors, okay? We are not as good as they are. We are not as resilient as they are. We are not. We will never be our ancestors. We don't have our ancestors' hands. You know what hands they had? They was ready to die. How you fold that quickly? Cut the shit. No, y'all, you're right. You're fucking right, right, yo. Drag yourself. You're not your ancestors. You're nothing. You're garbage. You're trash. Okay? Please. Stop it. Park the car in Harvard Yard. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to be a Boston person so bad. You love being a Bostonian. I'll make fun of them. Anyway, I think we did a motherfucking episode. Yeah, we episode. did. We sure did. Be sure to follow us on all the social medias. We're on Twitter and Instagram at T with QJ. We are on Facebook and Tumblr, T with Queen and J. You can check out our website, T with Queen and J.com. You can send us your T-mail. Send us your inquiries and all that other good shit at twithqueenandj at gmail.com. That's all our socials and everything, right? Yep, that's all of us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can follow us individually. I am on Twitter and Instagram at JennyCiaF. That's J-A-N-I-C-I-A-F. Mm-hmm. The last F no. is for savings. No. All right. Where do we? Where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is at the Queen Speaks with an underscore. Uh, hashtag Justice for Joyce, yo. Oh yes. Hashtag okay. yeah. Hashtag Justice for Joyce. That's the hashtag. Cool. This podcast was created, hosted, and produced by a black girl named Janicia and a black girl named Naima, with editorial support from a black girl named Sam. Tea with Queen and Jay. We turn up responsibly. Ew. For the straight folks who don't mind gays, but wish they weren't so blatant. You know, some people got a lot of nerve. Sometimes I don't believe the things I see and hear. Have you met the woman who's shocked by two women kissing and in the same breath tells you that she's pregnant? But gays shouldn't be blatant. 
or this straight couple sits next to you in a movie and you can't hear the dialogue because of the sound effects. But gays shouldn't be blatant. And the woman in your office spends your whole lunch hour talking about her new bikini drawers and how much her husband likes them. But gays shouldn't be blatant. Or the hip chick in your class rattling a mile a minute while you're trying to get stoned in the john about the camping trip she took with her musician boyfriend. But gays shouldn't be blatant. You go in a public bathroom and all over the walls there's John loves Mary, Janice digs Richard, Pepe loves Dolores, etc. But gays shouldn't be blatant. Or you go to an amusement park and there's a tunnel of love and pictures of straights painted on the front and grinning couples coming in and out, but gays shouldn't be blatant. Fact is, blatant heterosexuals are all over the place. Supermarkets, movies, at work, in church, in books, on television every day and night, every place, even in gay bars. And they want gay men and women to go hide in the closets. So do you straight folks. I say, sure, I'll go, if you go too, but I'm polite. So after you.